Live from the KTSW studios in San Marcos, Texas, this is Bobcat Radio. Good morning, Bobcat and Rattler fans. Welcome to this Friday edition of Bobcat Radio. Joined alongside my producer, Justin Brown, my co-host, Kalani DeLuna, and Osmara Valles. I am your host, David Castaneda. Today is September 22nd, 2023, and we got a lot of exciting topics to cover in the sports world today. But before we do, let's send it over to Osmara for a word from our sponsor. Twin Peaks Restaurant and Sports Bar is a sponsor of this broadcast of Bobcat Radio. Located on the northbound frontage road of I-35 at Guadalupe Street in San Marcos, Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Info and menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Twin Peaks eats, drinks, scenic views. Thank you very much, Ismara. And before we get into it, y'all, I forgot to tell y'all this, but I want to give a special shout-out to my brother. It is his birthday today, so... Happy! Well. Whoop, whoop. Oh, really? Yes. Nice. There we go. Well, it's your birthday? My brother's birthday. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so happy birthday to my brother and uh, Kalani's brother as well. Happy birthday, y'all! So now, without further ado, let's dive straight into the episode. Keep it here, local in San Marcos, with some Texas State volleyball action. Coming off a three-one win last night against ULM. The, the Bobcats have won eight of the last 12 games of their first 12 games. So they will be facing off against ULM. I believe that game is tonight um, for the second day in a row. And, I mean, this this volleyball team is looking hot. I, I want to ask you all, what does is, what is playing the same team twice in a row mean? I mean, who gets the upper hand in this one? I mean, if you look, okay. Going into this game, we saw that the Bobcats have never lost anything against ULM. They're 22 and 0 in the last 22 matchups. That's since 2014. Now, I did not expect them to grab a set, but ULM they played very impressively, and I thought this is a lot closer than anyone expected. They tied it up 1-1 in that first game, and you know KJ Johnson, she's sitting down for this game. She did not play. You know the coach is trying to give her a rest, give her a break. She's been carrying the team. I mean that's just <laughs> my opinion, but you know Samantha Wunsch and. We talk about, uh, was, oh my gosh, is her first name's Maggie Walsh. Is that it? Is it Maggie? I think it's Maggie Walsh, Maggie, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. I got it right. I know Walsh, <laughs> but um, yeah, Maggie Walsh, she had a historic night. She led the, everyone in kills. She had a new record in kills. How many kills did you have, Kalani? Do you have the stat? Oh, I didn't I, know if you were looking no. at it right now. <laughs> I had but, yeah. No, she she did stepped up real big for them, and then Samantha Wunsch as well. She showed her leadership. She's blocking it as well. Um, number five as well. I can't remember her name right now. I think it's Suma. No, I'm, I'm not 100% sure on that one, but she, amazing as well. But, no, this volleyball team, I mean, how much is it important to face the same opponent twice? I think ULM now has an opportunity to see what Texas State mm-hmm. does well and use it against them. Mm-hmm. And, and it's going to be a way bigger fight tonight than it was. It did go into it was a 3-1 series for the Bobcats, but I could see this going 2-2, matched up, going into a fifth set to 15. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as Justin said, like, first game today, jitters are over. So, like, this one, the Bobcats either have to come out on top or they're just going to keep fighting. As he said, like, the Bobcats really, it was really close the first three sets, like, him to pull out into the fourth set. So, it's going to be a great game tonight. Mm-hmm. I agree with both of y'all. And um, they already got the, like, Texas State already got the gist of on how ULM plays. But then again, it can go the other way around. ULM can use that as their benefit to uh, win tonight's game or 
the next game when they play again. And Maggie Walsh had 18 kills. That is the most in her collegiate career um, mm -hmm. in a game. So a huge night for her. If you don't know Walsh, that's the daughter of Coach Walsh uh, from St. Marcus High School. And then also I mentioned number five on this team. She is Jade DeFray. She did amazing as well with her blocking. She is so lengthy. She can get up there, block that shot no matter what. Um, so just really good defense from this Bobcat team and helped them get that win. But, yeah, I mean, now it's to the next one. Yeah, so like we said, the next one will be against ULM, the back-to-back -back game. So we'll see who comes out on top for that one. I was unaware of that stat, uh, Justin, of the 22-0. and 0. I mean, is that throughout like like all sports or just – between volleyball so actually that's only what's on the history of the on the website right now but if you look back through the record books they played this team for way longer than 22 times they played all time it was like 48 46 times and the bobcats lost twice of the 46 times so it's not 22 and 0 exactly it's just it says that on the website i guess they for they cut it off where we had losses but yeah <laughs> conveniently cut it off <laughs> uh, i'm not sure but so. i mean I don't know if y'all got to see this volleyball game though, but I mean the fans showed up too. I mean it was it was 800 fans, but I mean that's still good, and the yeah, energy was still talk. there. And there were some I don't know there was fans just dressed up in all sorts of unique costumes. Was like one he's like <laughs> is it Halloween already? There's a dinosaur in the stands, but. Mm -hmm. Nah, it was just a great game, and it really showed the resiliency. Also, this ULM team has some great players. Uh, number five and number nine, their names are on, not on the top of my head right now, but if you're going to this ULM game, um, you're going to watch this team. These two players, they're very resilient. They they came back multiple times from being down double digits in these sets, and that's it, it takes a lot from a team to do that, but yeah. So shout out Karis and Joey. They were on the call oh, yeah. for that one mm -hmm. last night. Unfortunately, we won't be airing this next game, but... Tune in next week because we'll definitely have some more volleyball action. Um, so let's move it. Like Y'all said it was very interesting, and, and the numbers don't quite show how much offense we saw in that game. Where we didn't see offense was in the Texas State soccer game. 0-0 tie versus Arkansas State last night. Not a lot of action. It was a pretty good defensive output from both sides, but there was a combined 10 shots, uh, 10 shots on goal. Uh, from both teams, so I believe it was six for Arkansas State and four for the Bobcats. I may be flipping those. Um, but, guys, the Bobcats have not lost a game in almost a month. That was August, 34, uh, August 31st versus Oklahoma State. Can the defense alone win this team a conference championship? Yeah. I mean, we saw it was Caitlin Draper. She got the defensive player uh, award in the Sun Belt. And this team is a very defensive team. And I guess that's what Coach Holman is pushing as much uh, this year. And, you know, you look at last year when they played against Arkansas State, that was here in San Marcos. The Bobcats get a 2-1 win over that. But, you know, you look at the past seven years, this team against Arkansas State, it's been a close matchup. It's not been an easy one. The Bobcats have gone half and half in all the matchups they've had since, like, 2012. So, you know, this Texas State soccer team, can they win more with defense? Yes, 100%. But a draw like this is not going to work. You have to be able to find your way to get that ball in the net, move the offense, and get an adjustment that will work for y'all. But this Arkansas State team, we know it's a very defensive bunch. I worked the game last year, and I remember, wow, I was sitting there. I think I was just like, when are they going to score? <laughs> this game is just, they're just kicking it out of bounds every five seconds. Yeah. And that's just how it was probably in Arkansas. But, um, you yeah, know, they haven't lost a game since August 31st. That's amazing. And speed teams like U of H, too, at the same time, mm -hmm. this is a lot of momentum for the soccer team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would like to add on to what Justin said. 
Um, <clears throat> they're still playing aggressive. The, def- the defense is looking good and playing some power five schools helped them really gain momentum and that kept and that like keeps looking forward. Oh, I'm sorry. That like looks really good and they keep looking forward to win the team conference championship. I agree as Mara. Um, you're right about the power five. They played U of H, Oklahoma State. They played obviously A&M and TCU earlier in the season. The reason I bring up their defense, don't get me wrong. I mean, let's go back to like the last five games, three goals, four goals, one goal, and then three goals. So their offense has been producing. But if we go back, guys, they've allowed one goal in the month of September, which is absolutely (laughs) insane. And that was away at HCU. So, you know, after that uh, 0-3 loss to Oklahoma State, they've really turned it around. And that's why I mentioned the defense. But again, it's going to have to come from both sides, and I think they've shown that very well. Obviously, just starting conference play, mm-hmm. but, uh, I mean, it's exciting. Do you have any more thoughts on this? I mean, they're about to face Troy, right, this right. Sunday, and that game's going to have Richard Prostidioko and John Carlo Caccio, our very own, on oh, the yeah. air, which is going to be a great broadcast. <laughs> oh, Tune yeah. in. Um, but And you can expect that pregame to be at 11.50. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, this game against Troy, this is going to be a close one. The Troy Trojans, a known competitor of Texas State, a known rival even, you could say. Mm-hmm. They split the series even and even in the last times they match up. They're 6-7 and seven overall, and the Bobcats lead that series uh, against the Troy Trojans. But, yeah, no, it's going to be a, a close matchup. It's going to be a fun one. It's International Day. Uh, you know, there's a lot of international players on this team, mm-hmm. plenty of players from El Salvador, Colombia, um, France even. France, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, a really good day to come out. And if you're a Bobcat fan and you want to go out there, go to the San Marcos Bobcat Complex. I said that wrong. Bobcat Soccer huh. Complex. I put like four <laughs> different towns in front of it. But yeah, um, it's going to be, and it says, wear your favorite international team jersey. That's what it says. Oh, okay. Wow. Which will be a U.S. Nice. jersey, of course. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so as you mentioned, Justin, that next game is versus Troy on Sunday. The uh, Troy that'll be at 12 p.m. Sorry, uh, Troy is five and five. They're on a four-game losing streak, and the Bobcats are not on a losing streak. As they said, they haven't lost in almost a month, so that will be definitely interesting to watch. Uh, tune in for KTSW, as Justin said on that one. Let's move on to some San Marcos High School football. You mentioned Coach um, Coach Walsh and. This team is 0-4, yet to find a W again. I feel like we said the same thing last week we did, except with different numbers. 31-24 to loss versus Alexander in the homecoming game. Uh, I was on the call, and I saw Tony Diaz, the biggest part of this team. He got thrown out of the game early in the second half, and the defense could not stop the run at all. I mean, what is the rest of the season looking like for the Rattlers, in, in y'all's opinion? Is there any way to, to turn it around? Well, you know, I'd love to talk more about it, but I think we have to take a quick little break, David. Oh, I'm sorry. All right, we'll we'll, we'll bring it right back. Sorry, I got too excited, but don't go anywhere, y'all. Y'all are listening to BCR on KTSW 89.9. Welcome back to Bobcat Radio. I am your host, David Castaneda. Got a little ahead of myself there, but let's quickly wrap up some San Marcos High School football. As I said, 0-4, 31-24 loss versus Alexander. Um, the main piece of their team was thrown out of the game early in the second half, Tony Diaz. So my question for y'all, what is the rest of the season looking like? Um, I mean, 
in terms of like what do you how many wins do you think they're gonna finish with and is is there any way to turn this around for them? Um, well, it's looking a little slim right now, especially when they're going against Eagle Pass tonight. Yeah. And Eagle Pass went to state last year, and ooh, that's, I feel like that's gonna be a little battle for them. And especially back to like homecoming game, they mm-hmm. had a chance of winning. I I I, w- I was there. And they had a good chance of winning, and then Tony Diaz got thrown out. That's where it all da- went downhill. I agree with you, David. I Yeah, I was there, too, at the homecoming game reporting as well. And San Marcos is good offensively, but obviously with Tony Diaz out, like someone, I feel like someone ever had to take over and do control, like take control of the game. And I feel like the same energy that they have on offense, they need to bring that to defense to mellow out the game. Here's what I think. <laughs> you start your season off 0 and 4 and you have to think about what was the mind what was happening before this season we started we talked about a UIL playoff man now, if you're a high school football player and you know you're not going to make it to the playoffs, that does something to your morale. I don't think that's the reason for their own four loss. I mean, their own four record. But, you know, I think I think it definitely plays a role into that and into the mindset that it's kind of like, oh, my gosh, we're already down four games and there's no chance of the playoffs. What are we even doing? But you have to keep playing. You're an athlete, right? And these guys want to have careers outside of high school, so they have to perform their best, maybe even make it to college. But... Nah, this Eagle Pass team, it, like Asmara said, they went to state last year. So this team is not any anybody to play with. And, and it's an away game, two, three hours away from here. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Rattlers really got to get their their head on straight. You know, uh, you know the homecoming game is usually, usually supposed to be a, a, a win mm-hmm. for the home team, right? So mm-hmm. them taking that loss, they're really going to try and bounce back here. But um, this Eagle Pass team is looking pretty efficient. And with Tony Diaz out, or we don't know yet until mm-hmm. the game starts, that could definitely play a role into that Mm -hmm. so i mean my thoughts uh we were all there but Mm -hmm. we saw that how that game ended cutter webb throwing it in his first in in the very last possession throwing it into double coverage for a game losing interception right when the drive was getting going kind of sucks (laughs) to see and then tony diaz getting thrown out I've, i've said it before in the broadcast tony diaz is the football Shohei Otani. This guy gets interceptions, scores receiving touchdowns, and mm-hmm. he's a he's a great special teams player. So I mean, it sucks as you said, Justin, but they gotta they gotta see it through. It's early in the season. They're playing Eagle Pass. Uh so that game will be tonight at seven. We won't be airing that, unfortunately. But um but yeah, let's move forward to some NFL and some uh, NCAA football action. You don't want to touch Texas yeah. State football? Might as well. Oh sure, yeah. Just might as well. Yeah. Just <laughs> yeah. Play tomorrow. Yeah, the yeah. I kind of didn't want. I kind of wanted to go over that a little bit because you know we've been talking about it on the Monday and Wednesday episode. So I don't want to beat a dead horse. Obviously, the seventy-seven point home opener. It's the only bad thing about doing BCR on a Friday. You don't get to talk <laughs> Texas State football as much, but. So the 77 points in the home opener, very impressive. Um, next game is versus Nevada at home. That will be at 6 p.m. Uh, I mean, what are y'all's final thoughts before kickoff? How can how can they top this last performance? Well, I mean, sorry, you sorry, go, Osmar. I'm sorry. Um, um, so, like, during the, like I, I attended the press conference, and Coach DJ Kinney, he was very impressed on how, like, the guys played, but there were still some hiccups that they could have um, fixed throughout or, like, fixed for the next game. And, yeah. I mean, this team, okay, beating a team 77 to 34, that's mm-hmm. that's historic alone. Mm-hmm. I mean, we haven't scored that many points since 1920. We're wearing leather helmets playing against Meridian College. Mm-hmm. All right. And in this Bobcat start, right, mm-hmm. in the past three games, if you add up all the points they've scored, that's 132 points. And that's 
close. It's only 18 shy of the, the, the mark they had in 1981 when they win a national championship. So this team, I mean, they're doing amazing things. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they, if you, you just, there's just a number, a number of statistics that they've broken, that things that they have never done before. The Bobcats enter Saturday ranked 12th in the nation in scoring offense, which is amazing because they're averaging 44 <laughs> points per game. That's 44 awesome. points per game is their average right now. That's insane. And, um, I could keep going. They set the record for yards in a single game, which was 697. Um, they had 684 yards in that game uh, against Jackson State. So the one against 600, when they had 697 yards, that was in 2014. They get second most last Saturday was 684. Um, yeah, they're they're amazing. I mean, they're averaging 445.7 yards per game. Wow. That's what? That's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you look at Malik Hornsby in this game against mm-hmm. Jackson State. He's leading all rushers 133 yards. That's your quarterback in the second half. Mm-hmm. And in, in that second half alone, they only go for four passes to go over 339 rushing yards in that second half. Are you are you kidding me? <laughs> um, so how do you top this? What do you need to do against Nevada? This game against Nevada is a must win for the Bobcats because if you win this, fans are going to be like, okay. It's time. Mm-hmm. It's time. Is 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 the Bobcats year, and they're going to start showing up the stands. And we talk about the. You hear Don Coriel talk about how the fans impacted the game. That's a huge thing. Mm-hmm. And twenty four thousand one hundred thirteen fans in the stands last Saturday. That is the ninth most, the ninth biggest crowd in Texas State history. So, mm-hmm. I don't even know. I can't. I'm just so excited. I don't. I, don't, I think Nevada State. I mean, Nevada is going to be a pretty pretty easy game. Yeah, Justin, and I'm glad you brought up Malik Hornsby because. Um, this is a guy I was talking about all summer. I really thought he was going to get the starting uh, starting position. So the the, the thing that kind of sucks about T.J. Finley playing like an absolute stud this year is we won't get to see Hornsby uh, presumably that much in the season. But, man, the, the, the time that we did see him on the field this last weekend was insane. I mean, that's kind of what I expected from him. And uh, as Mara, as you mentioned, you, you went to the press conference and G.J. Kinney says – there's hiccups and that's really interesting It's 77 point win but i mean it's crazy to think that's kind of the coach you want man mm-hmm. you drop 77 points but you realize that the defense wasn't like or the defense still allowed a, a good amount of points but uh and you know yeah it's, one, it's good to see that from your head coach mm-hmm. yeah and i mean one thing to touch on which i was shocked to just read is that texas state through through week three is third in the nation with the amount of sacks they've gotten. 14 sacks. They had six in that game against Jackson State. That's a really good defense. Mm-hmm. And if you remember that game against Baylor, a lot of those sacks took place. And you remember in that game against Baylor, the offensive line for Baylor, they had like six penalties in a row of uh, of just false start and offsides. Mm-hmm. The, the offensive line was trembling and because of that defense. So this defense really big this year, and that is going to play – massive role into them doing well this year in the Sun Belt. As we were talking about yesterday during Claws to the Wall, when we bought, when the Bobcats win this game tomorrow, it's definitely going to say, like Justin said, put us on the map. Like, the game against UTSA, like, it'll take pressure off of that from out of the game and then showing that us as Texas State fans that we are taking back Texas slowly. Yeah, you're right. And another statistic, which I just, I'm sorry, I'm just looking through <laughs> all these mean potatoes. <laughs> Most kick return yards in the nation through week three, Texas State first place, 353 yards out of 12 attempts. I know it's kick returns. It's not that important. <laughs> but if you remember anything in that first, in that game against Jackson State, within 35 seconds of the game beginning, 
a 52-yard return from Ismail Mahdi, and he scores a touchdown, right, to start off the game. So that's insane. Your kick return's doing that good? I, I don't even – I could keep going. All right, yeah, we, we could keep going. We could keep me. going, but let's move on to the stop NFL. Me. By the way, that clause of the wall episode is up now. I'm looking at it; it's 52 minutes long. It's got some characters in it, so I'm gonna be oh, listening yeah. to that on the way home. One of them in the studio with us right now. So. You know it. <laughs> NFL action, y'all. Let's let's move on. Uh, 49ers versus Giants. That was a a fun little Thursday night game. In my opinion, I believe the outcome was never really in doubt. Uh, good fantasy points on on that side of things for Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, and uh, George Kittle. I believe all broke 15 points in fantasy. I want to know, are the 49ers the biggest contenders in the NFC? Oh, yeah. I mean, everyone sees this 49ers team and they think, oh, like they're going to the Super Bowl. I've heard people say that. It's because of the things they've acquired, they did in the offseason, you know, getting rid of Jimmy G, you know, stuff like that. He's on the Raiders now. Good luck. What uh, about the Eagles? <laughs> Oh, yeah, you're right. I forget about the Eagles. Yeah. Come on, that that's going to be the NFC Championship yeah. game right there, Eagles and 49ers. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry, but that's going to be <laughs> yeah, it's it. it's going to be a good one. Oh, dude, the Eagles literally give me chills, and I'm not even playing against <laughs> them. Like, I don't watch the TV with goosebumps. Uh, but speaking on this game, though, the Giants and the 49ers, I okay, to be honest, I thought I was going to turn the TV on. It's going to be like 46-0, 49ers on yeah. top. But I looked at the TV. It was like 21-12. And I was like, oh, my gosh, the Giants really are getting a chance here. Daniel Jones, he missed 10 of his completions. He went 22 for 32. He had 137 yards, had an interception. Come on. Brock Purdy, though, showed up real big, 25 for 37, 310 yards on the field. Christian McCaffrey, oh, my gosh, this guy, um, doing really good things as well. Debo Samuel. And it's hard because, you know, we talked about in New York Giants, didn't they lose Saquon Barkley? Yeah, yes, they did. Yes, they did. They did. So that's going to really impact their season, and it's going to make a dent. But I, it's on your point about the 49ers being the best team in the NFC, it's going to be a battle with the Eagles for that one. Mm-hmm. Any other NFL takes you have, David? Any questions you well, have for my brain? Uh, well, one of the <laughs> – yeah, I got a couple more, but one of the things I quickly want to mention was yesterday in the broadcast they talked about the 49ers leading the league in yards after catch for several years in a row. And I didn't really think about that. I was like, I, it didn't really strike me as that. But then I think about George Kittle back in his day <laughs> running over everybody. Christian McCaffrey obviously been doing mm-hmm. it since he got into the league. 100%. And, yeah. and Debo Samuel, the fact that you could just place that guy anywhere on offense and he'll do something is is pretty insane. That's why I think that this team's going to be the biggest threat in the NFC. Uh, I think the Eagles looked a little bit uh, a little bit sloppy in, in their first week, but who didn't? So I think I think you're right about that, Justin. I think that's our NFC championship matchup, the Eagles and the Niners. And, uh, yeah, so mm-hmm. so an, 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 another NFL question I have. Uh, the biggest NFL game, I, did this, I do this kind of every uh, Friday BCR, but what is the biggest NFL game you're looking most forward to? We got the Eagles versus the undefeated Bucks. <laughs> What's up with that? The Rams versus the Bengals. That's a Super Bowl rematch from a couple years ago. I just threw a fun one in there. The Falcons versus Lions. I mean, is there any of those games or any other games you are looking forward to? Someone's watching the Falcons and Lions. I <laughs> am. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, Osmar, you wanted to say something? Um, yeah, so I'm excited to do the Bucks and Eagles. Like, I feel like yeah. that would be a really, really good game, mm-hmm. even though I'm not a big bucks girly but i'll still watch it and then like it's crazy how both teams are two and oh right now and then it should be exciting wait am i correct two and oh correct 
for both teams. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Pretty sure. And then I don't think the Eagles have lost. And it should be like um, exciting to watch it since fans are talking down on the Bucks since they have the new QB that yeah. isn't Tom Brady. Right. So I feel like that's gonna be a little turning point for them. And yeah, and I believe this is a good test for both teams to see where they're at. I do agree with Osmar. That's going to be a great game to watch. And also, of course, the Super Bowl like rematch, you know, yeah. quarter. I feel like the Rams and the Bengals will be a great game. And let's see if Joe Burrow steps up this weekend. <laughs> it's like you read my mind. I was going to say that's the matchup. <laughs> because I feel like if Joe Burrow doesn't step up in this game, mm. man, you could put the nail in the coffin on the season, dude. Because you are, I don't know who, what happened to Joe Shiesty over the offseason. Maybe the brand <laughs> money got to his head. Yeah. I don't know. What game am I looking forward to? The Texans and Jaguars. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I want to see my Texans at least get something and get a win. But they have the worst offensive line I've ever seen. It reminds me of my high school football team. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, Cowboys and Cardinals love to see that. That's going to be a good one. Um, will the Cowboys continue their win streak? Will they continue? <laughs> if they don't lose the Cardinals, they're going to lose the Commanders. Um, but I'd love to see them lose to the Cardinals. So I'm going to say that's a good game to watch going for my for my Cardinals here. I'm, I'm not a Cardinals fan. Um, I'm a Cowboy hater. Uh, but yeah, uh, and then the Bills and Commanders, that's actually going to be a slept on game. That's going to be a slept on game. Commanders are doing great this year. Josh Allen can't perform in the over in overtime like usual. And yeah, it'll be fun. I agree. And I'm glad you brought up that Houston game and just in general, whoever they play. Man, this is a team that invested so much in their offensive line in the offseason. And it's kind of just fallen apart, unfortunately, beyond their control due to injuries. And it kind of just sucks whenever you have a rookie quarterback that was thrown right into the fire. Uh, Kalani, I agree with you with that Bengals and Rams game. That's going to be a huge turning point. Not only is it a Super Bowl rematch, but Joe Burrow sucks, man. He sucks this year. This guy needs to figure it out. Um, I mean, he's only – I mean, one thing I have to say randomly, CJ Stroud, you're talking about this offensive line. They've only played two games a season so far. He already has been sacked 11 times. Yeah. Are you serious? And not only that, I believe he's top five in passing yards. Uh, Granted, they're giving him 50 attempts a game, so that's that's good. Right now he's completed 63.7% of his passes, and he has 626 yards. Yeah. That's like that's like Joe Burrow in two nights, or that's like Patrick <laughs> Mahomes in a night and a half. I don't think he's throwing a pick. It's no, not, I don't think yeah. he has yet. Oh, there we go. Yeah, no interceptions yet. Yeah, that's, that's come on, awesome. man. It's two games though. <laughs> we're biased. We're biased, Houston Texans fans. But CJ Stroud's looking good. The numbers don't lie. Um, I forget, Osmar. What's your team? Ooh, it's the Chargers. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, guys. <laughs> How are they doing right now? Who are they facing this week? I don't Ooh, even. Let me. Double check. I saw I saw that the uh they're going against where are they? Uh Sunday against the Vikings. Okay, Chargers yeah. gonna get a dub. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, but while we have time, do y'all want to mention Colorado versus Colorado State? No. I uh, I think I think it was a fun game. You know? <laughs> or do you want to mention any other college football games this weekend we want to talk about? I I mean I was I have a couple games down here. Colorado versus Oregon. Colorado yeah, versus Oregon. That's the game. Ohio State versus Notre Dame. Yeah, that's, that's going to be a good game. Ohio State versus Notre Dame. Those are those are two of the like mo- like most consistent high-powered teams in college football. So yeah. I'm excited for that one. Also, UT losing to Baylor this weekend is going to be yeah. crazy good. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Are they, I think UT's number three now You're right. in the top 25. That's crazy. Uh, man, college game day was in Colorado for Colorado versus Colorado State. 
Wow, that's a lot of Colorados. Last weekend, <laughs> how did you say I, that? I, th- <laughs> I think it should have been. I think it should have been this weekend, Justin. That, you're right. That's a crazy game, man. Colorado versus Oregon. Yeah, two nationally ranked teams: 19 Colorado, 10 Oregon. Yeah. So, but college game day will be in Ohio State, I believe, or Notre Dame, wherever wherever that game is taking mm-hmm. place. So, yeah, a couple. Also, a good game: Mississippi versus Alabama. Mm-hmm. 15 and 13. <laughs> yeah, I threw that one in there as well as Alabama. I mean, super, super quick. Is that Alabama dynasty over? Yeah. <laughs> uh, 100%. I watched that game against UT, and I was like, what? Yeah, what? Crazy. The quarterback yeah. got waived, didn't he? Like, he just got removed, or I don't know wow. what happened to him. Uh, he's not, he, they don't, They're not using the same starter that they had against UT. Yeah, I think I, – so they took him out this last week. I think they're putting him back in this this upcoming week, but we'll see. I mean, before we get out of here, one last thing I want to say is if you look at the schedule for this weekend, UTSA is versus against 23 nationally ranked Tennessee. That. And the Joey Gonzalez <laughs> brought this up, but I think it's a really good point. UTSA, about six, seven years ago, a program that never got to play against any Big 12 SEC schools. They get some success. Look at them now playing against Tennessee. Mm-hmm. If Texas State – finds a way to acquire the same success that UTSA had with the football program, they will be playing against Tennessee and stuff like that. So for now, we got to lock in on Nevada. That game will be tomorrow. It'll be a beautiful day. And today should be a beautiful day, Justin. I mean, what's what's the weather looking like? Let's talk about this weather. You know, it today it's, it's still hot and it's going to be hot throughout the entire week. Um, My weather app could load. Maybe I could tell you the numbers of this, Um, but yeah, let's talk about it. So right now, if you look outside, it's partly cloudy. The sun's still in the sky, and today the high is going to be around 98. Ooh. Oh, yep, a low of 76. You look at the daily forecast for the next few days, high 100 tomorrow, low of 77. High of 101 on Sunday, a high of 93 on Monday, and a high of 92 on Tuesday. But hey, there's some coolness coming around Tuesday. Low is 68, and that's probably because of the rain that's going to happen Monday, 37% chance, and on Tuesday, a 21% chance. But yeah. The weather, still hot, still cloudy. Don't bring a rain jacket. Not yet. Thank you, everybody, for joining us on this Friday edition of Bobcat Radio alongside my producer, Justin Brown, my co-host, Kalani DeLuna, and Osmara Vaez. I I am your host, David Casaneta. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, let's get you back to the other side of radio.